Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And uh, we do have a couple lines available. A number to call for Miss Shira here at 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR. David and Flagstaff, good morning. Good morning. Got a quick question. What's the easiest way to keep birds from eating uh, my apples? The tree's about 20 feet tall. The easiest? Well, you could you could use mylar tags that can hang in there, and you'll get some, and that's the easiest thing to put in. And you'll have maybe some results. Depends on how smart the birds are. A lot of them have all day and are pretty intelligent. But, um, <laughs> you know, and if there's not a lot of other apples around, then, then it's going to be more difficult. You know, the most for sure way would be net the tree. But uh, the, my, the, okay. my, the mylar can work. I mean, it, you know, they're little mylar strips, and you'll see them commercially in groves all over, especially like in the Central Valley of California where they have a lot of them. You know, and maybe uh-huh. one, one neighbor that doesn't put them up uh, doesn't annoy the birds quite as much, and they go over there. And what type of net? Do you guys sell that? Or? Well, yeah, there's bird netting, and you could buy it right up there in Flagstaff, but it's just a, a okay. net that's got about a two-inch spacing on it. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to put the net on too early because the tree will grow through it. So put the net on just before the fruit starts to get riper. When you see them damage the first fruits, a good time to tell when the fruit's good because they have all day to sit out there and watch them. And uh, when (laughs) they get that first fruit damaged, that'd be time to apply the net. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next, we have Nathan, then Shane, and then it could be you. Simply by calling 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Nathan. Yeah, good morning to you. I've got a couple of things. Uh, I just recently uh, uh, planted a nocotillo, and it was just before the big rain. And so when they put it in the ground, of course, they got the ground real muddy, you know, and they put it in there. And in two or three days, we had our the best rain we've had in, in six months, you know, or a year. And, of course, it soaked it a bit. And then everything I read about it says to mist it. So I have a, a misting deal on the end of my or for my uh, garden hose, and, and every day I go out there and mist it. Okay, and, let's, let's uh, cut that days, out, Nathan. Days, <laughs> pardon? Let's cut that out. Well, oh yeah, we got it. You know what I'm doing now? I'm building a misting system for this summer because I'm not going out when it's 118, it's, and it'll be on a timer, and it can miss that that octetu a little bit. It's not going to need that. Okay. Oh. And the problem is this summer when you're applying that water that's going to all evaporate right off that plant, you're going to be just making a salt coating on the outside of it. Now, an ocotillo is a pretty hardy plant, and it might live like that, but it's not going to benefit it any. All right. Okay. So, so, so here's what here's what we've. Where do you, where do you live, Nathan? What cross streets? I live by the old PV Mall in that okay. area. All right. So it's fairly heavy soil. So you could put a little emitter in there. Do you have an irrigation system that runs on other plants? Um, well, I do, but I, I, I pinch them off. I, you know, okay. I got desert, desert things and I, I, the, the landscaping company here, I, they put it in and I pinch it off. So. Okay. Do you, do you use it at all on anything? Uh, well, they had it. I, I have a tree that I planted a few years back, a, um, a southern uh, oak tree, you know, the desert oak. Right. And uh, they put one under there, and then and then we had a volunteer a mesquite come up. Okay. And they put one there. And uh, so, uh, needless to say, I just kinked them and pinched them off so with a zip tie. How, how are you watering your oak tree now? My, the oak 
Oh, once in a while, I give it a little water. It's just, you know, I, I can't really say that I have any set deal when I think, hmm. And of course, you know, a lot of people, and I almost made a mistake on my cactus too, by not giving him some water last summer. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. That's why we lost all these sorrows in the valley, you know. Well, that, that and the heat. Yeah, no water and the heat combined yeah. was terrible. And it didn't cool off at night. But um, mm-hmm. at any rate, you know, that Ocotillo would do better if you had, if you would give it like a gallon of water. You know, yeah. and, and do that about once a week. Okay. Just to the ground, yeah. Yeah, but but for right now, let's let it be dry. Okay, it's brand new, oh, freshly yeah. transplanted. Don't okay. wa- don't water it. Don't do any. Just ignore it for the next okay. you know three or four weeks and let that ground around and get dry again. Okay. Because yeah, the, big, the, big, the biggest problem that they have is they have they get bacterial infections from the roots that are cut on the ends when they're transplanted, and it mm. takes them quite a while from a bare root acacia to root back out. And if right. you keep them yeah, too wet, to, if you keep them too wet to rot, okay. And misting them, uh-huh. you can do that. Actually, the you know, hopefully, Mother Nature does that. If we get a little, you know, rain on Tuesday, maybe just a light sprinkling. Mm-hmm. And the difference is between that sprinkling and your hose water in the summertime. Your hose water is going to have a, a high pH, eight point four, something like that, and going to be pretty salty. And you'll be putting right. salt water on it. It's just going to evaporate real fast. And I can't think that that would be good for anything. All right. So, All right. I'm, I'm with you there. So yeah, I, I, there. I would cut the misting out. Wouldn't worry about the misting system. And you know, if we're going to oh. grow, you know, if we were going to grow, um, you know, acatillos from cuttings, we certainly wouldn't be misting them like that. You know, even just taking right. cuttings and growing them. You know, in, in all the John Wayne movies, all those old fences across the West that were made from Ocotillos, those were never oh, misted. Yeah. yeah, they weren't misted or really watered much. They maybe got yeah, planted I, I, lucky and had a good monsoon. Yeah, I've been in this townhouse for 37 years right here. And when I moved in here, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh yeah, what's the, the lady that, the, come on, that sells you, sells you the property. The, the realtor, yeah, uh huh. She left me a gardenia, and uh, I, I think I have the largest one in the city. It's, oh, cool. it's, uh, I just measured this morning, and it, it's it's five feet tall, five feet wide, and six feet deep, you know, in distance. Well, it sounds and like it, a it, nice plant. But anyway, I'm going to let you go, Nathan, grab another call. But for, for you know, I, I wouldn't put a mist system on a ocotillo like that. Okay. All, right. oh, all my energy, all my engineering, and here we go. Okay, then. Thank well, you, you. Well, you could do all the engineering, build it, just don't turn it on. Take care, Nathan. Bye bye. Okay, thank you. Bye. Uh, Shane and Mesa. Good morning, Shane. Yeah, good morning. Uh, last fall on the south side of the house, I built an eight by eight um, trellis, and I planted a passion fruit vine. And now things up to like five by five. Am I going to struggle to be able to kind of keep it to the the, the trellis? How how big do those things get here? Oh, a passion rain? Oh, they they can grow over yeah. the top of your whole roof if you let them. Oh, I mean they they can make a big plant. In other words, Shane, um, you know, be just moderate pruning though. If you prune it once every month or two, you can keep it in control. But they are a fairly fast growing plant. Okay, and do they actually set fruit here? Some, oh yeah, they're they're not. Uh, there's there's different. There's a lot of different varieties. The Maypop variety or Frederick variety. Some of those are going to have more fruit. Most of them are grown here for the flowers. But um, okay. yeah, they can they can fruit here. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Thank Shane. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next we have Michael and Scott Softer. Michael, it's wide open. It's the greatest, best, easiest time to call the lovely Shira at six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Hello, Michael. Good morning, Brian. 
Could you explain the difference between potting soil and raised bed soil? Well, there's it could all be, you know, one and the same, depending on how it's labeled. You know, none of the soil really knows how it's labeled. Whether you buy potting soil or, you know, compost or composted soil, you kind of really have to know or find out what's in it. You can usually get a pretty good idea by what you pay for it. You know, so whenever you get the bigger, bulkier bags, the larger soil, that's going to be a better price. Uh, it's going to be mostly composted wood products, whether it's, uh, you know, ground up from uh, green waste or else it could be, um, you know, made from wood, you know, particles that are recycled. Um, that's what most of that's going to be. And then you're going to have less additives to it. You know, then if you get into the cactus soil mixes, you're going to have perlite and pumice and, and more things to aerate it to use for cactus so you can keep more oxygen around the roots. Um, but typically when you're buying any of these soils, you're going to find you pretty much get what you pay for as far as the other ingredients. I mean, you'll find some that actually have, uh, you know, worm castings and other things in them, and they're going to typically cost more. So you can use raised uh, bed soil in containers, I take it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be fine. It's yeah. just, it's just not going to, uh, it's not going to be as refined and have as many additives to it. But if you're adding fertilizer and things to it, you know, over time, uh, you could do the, the same thing. And as long as it's well composted, which is kind of hard to tell when you buy it in a bag, but if it's composted enough, if it's not composted, it's going to tend to shrink more after you use it. Gotcha. Okay. One other question. You had mentioned the um, alcatillos from cuttings. Mm-hmm. How do you go about to do that? Well, first off, you have to cut them out of somebody's yard. You can't go cut them in the desert because that's illegal. Okay, so, and and you could take any any ocotillo. And, uh, you know, the old way to build a, an ocotillo fence and a barbed wire fence was is to, uh, wire fence. you know, it's just take up cuttings and basically stick them into the barbed wire fence. And you just take the cuttings and cut them off, you know, usually three, four feet if you're going to do fence ones. And stick them in the ground about a foot or so. And uh, just basically, you might water them the first time, put a little powdered sulfur on them, and then just kind of leave them. And it might take a year or two years, or if we have the right monsoon, they might, you know, root out in five or six months. So it just depends kind of on the weather, how well they root. Um, if you're going to root them and, and, you know, give it more of a concerted effort in container, uh, you could put them into a container with a light soil mix, and you could put a rooting hormone on them. And uh, you could water more that way because you're going to keep the oxygen around the roots, not have the problem with bacteria eating them, and, and, and do them a lot faster, more reliably. So how do you root it? Do you just take a diagonal cut off a cane? And Well, yeah, it doesn't even have to be diagonal. I mean, you could just take with an ocotillo, you just, just cut a cane off and just, you know, plop it in the ground. Basically, it'll grow. Um, but it, it does take a long time. And if you keep them too wet, they will rot. You know, so it just takes a little care. But like I say if you wanted to really, you know, concentrate on it, you would put it into a container with a light, you know, aerated soil mix. Maybe even use some rooting hormone on it. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we have wide open phones. It's a, it's an easy time to get in. The number to call is 602-2. No, it's not. It's 277-5827-277. At least both numbers start with a 2. Anyway, we'll be right back. People smile and tell me I'm the lucky one. And we've just begun. Think I'm gonna have a son He will be like him and me As free as a dove 
conceived in love The sun is gonna shine above And even though we ain't got money I'm so in love with you, honey Everything will bring a chain of love, love. And in the morning when I rise Bring a tear of joy to my eyes and tell Beautiful day out there, folks. Hope you're enjoying the program. Looks like the lines are full, so we'll get right to the phone. As one's gone, one becomes available. A number to call, 602-277-5827. Sharon in Queen Creek, good morning to you. Hey, Brian, good morning. Um, gosh, first of all, I just want to say thanks for all the music you guys play. It reminds me of my dad, and it's just a joy, so thanks. Um Hey, we're thinking about planting a black mission fig, and I was wondering where's the best place in the yard to plant one of those? Probably the easiest to get one started is on the east side of the uh, of the wall, okay? So if you have a wall okay. on the west side of your property, you put it on the east side of the wall, it's going to shade the trunk from the afternoon sun, and it'll do fine. You can probably grow it just about anywhere, though, except for on the west side of the east wall. Uh, that... <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that because that's pretty much the the most space we have. Our house faces west, so okay. um, our backyard is all um, you know behind. It's on the east, so um, we've got some citrus planted along the south of our south. What do you have in front of the wall? Um, in front of our wall that's behind our house mm-hmm. in our backyard. In your wall that's facing west, what's what's in front of it? What's uh... Is it lawn or rock? Well, or what do you have around there? Oh, okay. We have rock. We have half of it's the pool, and the other half is rock. So that's sounding kind of warm to me. Um, so it what is you, warm, what, what you could, if you want to make the fig have any kind of a chance, there are a couple of things you want to do. Wrap the trunk of the fig with a piece of like cardboard or just like a towel to shade it from the sun. <laughs> Plant some ground cover around it. And that could be like some lantana or, you know, just some kind of a ground cover to take the reflected heat away and plant a big enough fig that it's got a chance to shade the wall because as soon as the tree is large enough, it'll shade the wall and protect itself. Okay. So the biggest thing is protecting the trunk. Well, the trunk and the leaves and everything. Well, the problem is you get the reflected heat off of the wall because you had the fulcrum there, you know, and on a day when it's 110, that area right up against the wall will be 150. You know, and things can take 120, 150 is kind of rough. So everything you do to mitigate that, you know, for the first summer would be good. Ground cover underneath it would be good. You might put a shade screen over the tree and over the top of the wall uh, this summer till the tree gets big enough. And once the tree is large enough to shade the wall, then all those factors change. Okay. How large do those get? Black missions, though, 20 feet. Oh, okay, they can get pretty big. But you, okay. what, you, what you do normally um, with a fig, if you're growing it for fruit, is you keep it pruned down so you can harvest the fruit. 
Okay, I, I do think I want to grow it for fruit. Would you go with the female version of the? They're egg all they're or? all the same. There's there's Perfect. no male okay. and female. So yeah, the the, the figs oh, okay. and black missions are really good choice for variety. It's very reliable here, but um, okay. Yeah, you, you do want to, you know, just be mindful when it gets real hot this summer. It's fine in the full sun for now, but when it gets hot in June, that's when you need some protection. So if it's not big enough and full enough by June, put a shade screen over it, you know, for the first summer. And by the second summer, it should be big enough to protect itself. Okay, awesome. Thank you so Thanks, much. Sharon. Bye-bye. Uh, Jennifer and PV. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi there. Um, uh, I have a beautiful or had a beautiful Spanish dagger that was trimmed up really nice. And I went out yesterday and it had fallen over. The trunk was all soft. And so my husband and I were wondering if we could cut it and transplant the top of that yucca. Yes, as long as it's not rotted there, you can. Okay. So okay. what I would do is I would so, trim off trim off the, the, the leaves, okay? Leave leave the leaves okay. on it and this is a small section. How large a piece are you gonna oh. try and cut, Jennifer? Oh, it's you you mean the width of the trunk? Oh no, how long how long of an arm are you gonna try and plant? Oh, it's just one big top, like okay. the top of a pineapple, so it's and, big. Well, how how big? So, Oh, Big's a relative term. About three feet. Three, three feet, feet long. Okay. So what you'd want to do is you'd want to cut it off and make sure that the the wood in there is is green and and not decaying in there at all. Okay. And keep uh-huh. cutting it till you get to the tip where you have the, you know wood that's not decaying. Okay. And then strip off all the leaves. Okay. And just uh-huh. leave a little poof of leaves on the end with maybe six or seven leaves. Okay. And then okay. try and plant it. All right. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Kim and Gilbert. Good morning, Kim. Hi, Brian. First of all, I have a commercial for you. I have been taking my grandkids to your Cooper store for 20 years, and it's the greatest field trips you could ever do with your kids. We absolutely love going there and have so much fun. And, of course, always come away with loads and loads of plants to try. But um, my question is, my daughter just planted three, three, got them from you guys, three big ficus trees. Um, I think they were the 24-inch, the great big ones. Uh-huh. And could could you just go over the watering schedule for me? And does she live there in Gilbert as well? No, she is up um, off of uh, uh, Elliot and Dobson. Okay. So her soil drains a little bit better than Gilbert. But uh-huh. at any rate, so um, watering cycle on that, you probably want to be watering those guys newly planted uh, once a week and fairly heavy. So okay. if we install them, they should have a well around them. Yes, they, should, they do. They should fill up that well. And on a 24-inch size, that well will probably hold 75 gallons of water, something like that. Okay. And if they do that weekly, they'll be happy. Oh, just through the summer do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they can go to once every two weeks, you know, starting next year in the middle of October. Okay. Um, And then one more question. We're trying an experiment there. Uh, We've got mounds and mounds of this clover in our backyard. And they have an area that, of of course, the kids love rolling around in it. And they have an area under a play structure that they want some ground cover that's not grass. Um, So we have transplanted that stuff there um, and watering it. Uh, Can you, if, if it fails, could you recommend another kind of 
Well, it, 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 will, it, it will fail in the summertime. It'll, it'll make it from now until uh, June. But if and you then want, it's going to kaput. Then it's going to die. But if you want to plant something permanent in there, you can plant yeah. dichondra. And dichondra is a lot like the clover. Um, well, it is full sun. Do you think it'll be okay? It will if you keep it wet. The problem is going to be establishing it if the kids are playing there. Yeah. You know, okay. you'd have to have the kids away from there or and you know, it's sometimes available in flat or sod, but usually it's planted from seed. So, you know, you'd have to just, just decide whether or not you wanted to have the kids be there all the time or not. Right. Okay, is there anything else you can think of other than lawn? They may just have to resort to lawn. Well, I mean, if they're going to water it, they might as well do a lawn. Well, and you might as well do like some Tiffway 419 if it's going to have a lot of traffic from kids. <laughs> Okay. And that's going to be a nice, durable lawn, and that's going to be a lot more practical. The kids can stay off it for about three weeks, and then it's okay. good to go. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kim. Appreciate mm-hmm. the call. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Glenn and Gilbert. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Brian. We're doing a construction site in East Mesa on a steep hillside lot. Mm-hmm. With the transplant, uh, three soils to a different, very local location. Okay. And my question is, I've done a little bit of research on it. We'd like to use two slings to basically grab both the machine mm-hmm. and raise it vertically. Would that be secure enough to transport them for 20 feet or so? How large are the saguaros? Eight foot, 12 foot, and about a 22 foot. Oh, they're, they're, they're just arm spears? Arm. Okay, the big one's got three arms. I would really recommend, Glenn, with, with transplanting saguaros, I would hire a professional. Um you know, okay. especially if they're moving them on site like that, you're going to find that the cost is, is well worth the uh, investment. And uh, and the work okay. to do them without doing that is, can be pretty tricky. And you're, you're basically paying for their experience, you know. And uh, right. But there's a lot of very good, good guys who can transplant saguaros. And, you know, how we would do it, to give you an idea, like that big arm plant, we would either brace it and move it with a truck. So we have a truck that, you know, basically leans with a big cradle on it. So we would back up to the tree, strap it to this big uh, brace, okay, this form, and and then tip it on the truck and then go back into the hole and set it in the hole. And, you know, the other ones, right. but we're always going to be using a brace to support the trunk. And so by the time you spend the effort to build a cradle like they're going to use and, uh, and move them, I think you'd save money hiring somebody. Okay, very good. Good advice. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got John in Phoenix. Hello, John. Good morning, Brian. A couple of quick questions for you. Uh, I cut down my uh, Arizona ash. I left it about five feet tall. Just the, It's just a stump now. And uh, I want to know what should I start watering that thing. Or are you going to grow it back? Yeah. Okay. So seal that big cut. How big in diameter was the trunk? Uh, it was 11 and a half inches uh, uh, in circumference. So what, five and a half inches? Okay, so get some tree hill, that black tar type, and just seal that mm-hmm. top up, okay? And it's and you okay. can water. It's going to butt out, depending on where it came from, the stock on Arizona ash, somewhere in the next month. It'll, you know, could be next week. It might be a month from now, but somewhere in the next month, it's going to butt out. And you're going to grow it up into a multiple trunk tree? Yes. Yeah, it'll, it'll come out beautifully. So what you want to do there is just kind of let it grow wild for the first month. And then go through and just select which major limbs you want to grow. And you'll be amazed how fast it'll come out this spring. It can grow five or six feet this spring. Oh, wow. That's great. And another quick question. I bought some uh, food trees from you this past October. How often should I should I water them? They're, I mean, uh, fertilize them. They're 15 gallon. Uh, uh, citrus we're talking about or, or peaches? Uh, well, we've got, we've got a peach tree. We've got a uh, mandarin tree. We've got a uh, apple tree and the tangelo. 
So, yeah, pretty much on a fertilizer basis for those guys. If you can feed them once a month and right oh, okay. from now all the way till, till the 1st of June. Okay. And then, okay. then you want to back off and then you can feed them again when the monsoon starts. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, Brian. Well, I thank you very much for the information. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Well, this is Troy Barrett's here in the studio, folks. So we're going to find out what's happening on the planet. In the meantime, we have some open lines available for Miss Shear. If you'd like to give her a call at 602-277-5827. We're here every Sunday morning with the Whitfield Industry Garden Show from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. I was waltzing with my darling Beautiful Sunday morning out there and uh, just masterfully gorgeous clouds and perfect temperature and a great day to be outside. Anyway, we'll get right back to the phones. We do have two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. Carolyn in Scottsdale, good morning. Oh, good morning. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I have a question about a vintage, I believe it's a juniper bush. Uh, it's about 35 years old, according to my uh, calculations. It's about maybe five feet tall, um, pretty good spread. It's in a side yard. Um, it's previously been screened by a couple of pine trees in the neighbor's yard. Um, those pine trees were removed last spring. And um, during the course of the summer, the bush got fairly well scorched uh, because of the heat and everything. It, it does have exposure to overhead sun. It's not. It doesn't get a lot of western sun, fortunately. Now, um, currently, it has. It does have green and and scorched. Uh, what do you call them? Bracts, whatever. Well, I'll tell you, Carolyn. It, it will recover. Okay. And I'm not okay. sure if it's what, what, what type of juniper it is, um, it, but it's a horizontal yeah, juniper. I, is it a conical upright type of a juniper? I think that it's more horizontal. Yeah. At least we've allowed it to to spread to the, it. Basically, it provides good uh, a buffer between the houses mm-hmm. and next to a path. Is it? Can I prune that? Can I prune those scorched? Um, you can you can prune it and thin it and clean it up some, you know, and take out some of the dead wood that's probably got in it uh, over years. And if you want to fertilize mm-hmm. it, they're kind of funny, but junipers really like organic nitrogen, so you could feed it with blood meal if you wanted to, be the best. But just a good balanced fertilizer would be fine, and probably something you've never okay. done. Pay a little attention to it with the water, you know, water once every two three weeks uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. junipers are truly amazing. They're one of the most 
durable, hardy, you know, heat tolerant plants I know. And, uh, you know, most of the varieties we've used here forever are pretty tough, you know, cookies. Well, I have to say that I did check uh, some of the lateral branches underneath, and they look like they do have uh, some green little green uh, guys coming through. Mm-hmm. And I have I have pruned other junipers, but I've never had a juniper bush that was scorched. <laughs> so so no, I it, just wanted it, to make it, sure it'll, I was- it'll be fine. It'll come back out. And it was it was just probably more the heat than even the sun. But the combination, you know, whenever you. You know, you've never been to the beach before, and you go the first time, you don't have any tan, you get burned worse, and that's what happened to the poor juniper. Mm-hmm, It'll mm-hmm. be all right. It'll come back out. Great. Thank you. So you said an organic fertilizer? Well, nitrogen. yeah, it works well, but, you know, but you, you just to balance. Whatever you have for fertilizer will probably work on it. And go ahead and feed it right now. Okay, perfect. And how frequently should I feed, should I fertilize it more than oh, once? I'd, I'd feed it now and again in May, and you probably won't ever have to think about feeding it again. Perfect. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. Thanks, Bye-bye. Walt in Sun Lakes. Good morning, Walt. Good morning, Brian. I've got a fertilizer and watering question. I have a Washington navel that is about 13 feet tall. The diameter of the foliage is about 14 feet. And then we have a uh, um, Mexican lime that's probably 7 feet tall and 8 foot wide. So how much fertilizer, when I do it, I uh, use a six-pound, I mean, a three-pound Folgers coffee uh, grounds. Uh, you know, they're red and got the snap cap mm-hmm. on the top, right. so it keeps the fertilizer. Well, so you know, okay, on, the, on that big navel tree, it's probably, what, 40, 50 years old? Well, the house was built in 89. Okay, so that's it's an original guy. We've we've been here since uh, sixteen, so okay, so eight the, years. So the so the lime tree is probably a younger tree to be that small. Um, well, it's it's had either lightning or burned bad, and it's got a chunk missing out of it. How how I large in diameter is how large in diameter is the trunk on the lime tree? The the lime, uh huh, about seven feet. No, how the diameter of the trunk across the middle of the trunk? Oh, the trunk is probably seven, eight inches, and okay, it's had so pieces were cut off or broke off, and mm-hmm. it's it, been split. But I don't want to take it out. Does, does, it, does it have large? Does it have large? Okay, so if we're gonna if we're gonna kind of maintain it, here's the thing: we want to put on a big citrus tree, about three pounds of nitrogen per year, and that's for the the largest mature trees. Okay, and so the fertilizer is going to be like sixteen percent nitrogen. Okay, so on, on a five-pound bag, you know, we're only going to get 16% of the five pounds. So we're, we're only going to get, you know, well, what's that? So we got uh, about three pounds of, uh, not even three pounds. Take five five pounds of uh, fertilizer to be less than a pound of nitrogen. So on that bigger tree, you could put a five-pound uh, bag or get a 10-pound bag and split it. And you could put... Uh, Somewhere close to five pounds on the tree at a time. Now, that's with a citrus fertilizer that's made from, you know, like Organopro citrus food. If you use Delon fertilizer, something that was hotter, was made from ammonium nitrate, you'd want to put it on a lot more sparingly. Our, our typical schedule for fertilizer is Valentine's Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day. Okay, that's just easy. Yeah, I did it, uh, so, uh, so Valentine's Day was on a Wednesday. Okay, so I did so, the Sunday before. Yeah, so pretty much that, that doesn't matter that exact. It's not going to make any difference. But, you know, so at any rate, about the most that you would want to put on that bigger navel tree is to put on 15 pounds a year. Okay, 
of a 16% nitrogen. No, for the whole year. Oh, for the whole year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And for the smaller tree, I do half that. So about, now, 10, about 10 pounds a year. We're snowbirds. Okay. So the fellow that uh, watches the oh, house. You, you can do it while you're here. When do you leave? Uh, beginning of April. Okay. So fertilize it again the beginning of April when you come back. And then again in February. Well, yeah, but when do you come back to Arizona? Oh, when do we come back? First uh, of December. Okay, so yeah, you can just do it twice a year. You'll be fine, Walt. Twice a year is okay. Yep, twice a year is fine. Okay, and uh, the lime tree, uh, it's considerably smaller. Uh-huh, so you're going to use about half so, as much fertilizer. So I go by pounds? Well, you, you, you got to go by something, right? You know, and, and the same. Well, that's what, I, what I've used is this three pound coffee ground. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't know how much the can weighs. Okay, but with if the can weighs three pounds, that's fine, and that'll work. I mean, I don't so, know how much by volume what the weight well, is. Okay? I could, We're I go by weight. This, I, I could get on the scale and then get on with the that would tell me. Or you could just sit it right there on the scale anyway. But yeah, that. That sounds like about right, though. And, and if you want to, just to be a little safer, you could split it up. So you could feed it January and, and, and February and March and April. Feed it four times with either less fertilizer once a month and keep that up while you're here. Oh, you can do that? Sure. Okay. And, and then, then watering, I shut it off uh, when we got here. Okay. In, in, just, you know, in December. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on how much rain and what it is. So, well, yeah, you just have to check your soil, Walt. I'm not there to check it for you, but, you know, when the soil gets dry, the top three or four inches, it's time to water again. So scrape up some of the rock and see what it looks like. Yeah. Or I guess, you know, what we do is just get like a rod that's made like a T with a piece of rebar and just push it in the ground. If it goes in, it's just wet, you know, you can kind of tell. But And the real watering schedule, well, I'm going to try and get some more calls for the end of the hour, so I'm going to go fast with you here. So the real watering schedule is you want to water it about starting when it starts to need water now, uh, at least once a month, but you can water once every two weeks and make sure it's on a good cycle once every two weeks of the summer. I'm going to let you go because i got to get some more callers in. Um, Matt and surprise. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I had some uh, questions about two trees that, well, really one of them. We planted a, a, planted a red pistache and a desert oak. The red pistache is budding and it seems to do all right, but the desert oak seems like it had a really bad case of transplant shock. Um, we've given, given it some fertilizer. What, and it, what size was it when you planted it, uh, Matthew, and when did you plant it? It was a like a twenty five gallon okay. tree. And when was it planted? Uh, about a month ago. Okay, so uh, it's about not, a month and a half. Actually, it's not really warm enough for it to do much yet. Okay, so the main thing is keep it deep watered. You know, and if you deep water it, uh, you know, probably go to once a week right now. You could give it a light shot of fertilizer, and with the weather, it should be dropping foliage right now. They usually what they'll do is they'll drop foliage and they'll bud out and put out the new growth after they drop. So I would expect it to be dropping some foliage right now, looking kind of thin, and it's going to get thinner before it gets fuller. Okay, sounds good. I mean, uh, the leaves and everything were nice and green, and then we planted it, and it just looked like it died in well, how long about ago two did weeks. It, well, it's kind of the time of year when they lose their leaves, though, too. 
So yeah, we, we scratched it. I mean, it's still green on some of the branches. Some of the branches kind of dried out a little bit, but, uh, well, so you, you, might, you might make sure that it got planted right. So you might take a hose and put down beside it, just turn it on all the way water from the bottom up one time to make sure you don't have any air pockets around it and then pick up a product called super thrive. You can buy it at any nursery or garden center and give it a pretty good shot of that right now and a light shot of fertilizer. And you can air on the wetter side with that Oak. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt to overwater it and it should be popping out some new leaves here pretty soon. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Thank, Thank you, you very Matthew. much. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break while we're gone. We uh, do have one line available number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love back folks beautiful little song there wonderful day i want to take a minute and invite you out to whitfield's you know we'll be out there today enjoying this weather and if you're ready for some trees we deliver plant and guarantee a licensed bonded insured we have just a plethora of different varieties we have beautiful palms if you want to feel like you're in the tropics we have mule palms which look like kind of like a coconut we have date palms from the desert of course we know we can grow them for fruit and we have our only native palm tree the california fan palm all kinds of citrus, great shade trees, beautiful flowers, lots of shrubs. We have phenomenal hibiscus right now. Uh, probably some of the prettiest we've ever had. And uh, lots of things coming, lots of things going. A great time to plant. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley of Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Hey, our hours today are 10 to 4 or Monday through Saturday, 8 to 5.30. Come out and see us. Ralph and Mesa, good morning. Good morning, Brian. A couple of questions I've asked you. I've talked to you before about my tangelo tree. This year was a record year. I have 13 tangelos. And anyway, they're delicious. And I want to cut it back a little bit. It's about, oh, I would say 10 feet tall and probably 8 feet wide. Can I do that? It's a perfect time to prune it right now, Ralph, and uh, you can cut it back as far as you like this time of year. If you cut a whole bunch off the outside, you're going to take away some of your crop. But if you prune it right now ahead of the bloom, it'd be a perfect time to prune. Okay. And another thing, I've got a, a Mexican lime. I've had it about two or three years. It has been real good. It's pretty sparse. I've got a lot of leaves. I, I baby it and fertilize it. it look, I fertilize it here at Valentine's Day, like you say, and it looks like it's coming back pretty good is there anything special you know i could do no it just seems like the water cycle on them is is such that they're kind of thinner right now ralph and that's kind of what we see all around town even at the nursery but as soon as it warms up consistently they're going to pop a lot of new foliage and as long as you have it for you know fertilized it'll be ready to go 
Okay, I did fertilize it. And one more, I talked to you last weekend about a worm garden. I got all the stuff I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's only about a three-gallon one. When I do that, what kind of soil should I Should I just get regular potting soil? Yeah, light potting soil with, with no extra fertilizer in it. And just, just feed the scraps off your... Off, off your dinner table, right? Yeah, and then cover it. If you got like a little piece of carpet you could put on the top to cover it, kind of retain the moisture and keep it cooler, that would be good too. Okay, what about like uh, the plastic lid that's already on the can? Well, I don't know how tight that is. If it's designed to be that, as long as it's got aeration, it'll be okay. Okay, well, I could drill holes at it. Well, okay, that's yeah, what but, I want yeah, to know. Piece, piece of carpet works really well, though, like piece of shag, old-style shag carpet, like a carpet sample or something, right over the top. Yeah. Of irrigation. What type, cool. of, what type of temperatures can you get them up to before you have to Well, the red, wiggler, the red wigglers will take quite a bit of heat, but they don't want to get hot. So, I mean, you're going to want to keep them in the shade all the time. Like right now, you could probably have them, you know, in the full sun until the nighttime, until the daytime temperatures, you know, get up around 85 or 90. Then you're going to want to put them in the shade. Okay, and like uh, in the dead of summer, you even in the shade, be, they're going to be in the full heat. shade. Yeah, and they're going to really have to maintain the moisture, make sure it doesn't dry out, and that's where like that carpet right. makes a nice seal for it. Yep. Thanks that's, for the call. Yeah, okay. Have a nice weekend. Oh, okay. Thanks, Brian. Bye. Uh, Craig and Levine. Good morning, Craig. Hi. How you doing? Good. I've got a couple tree trimming questions. All righty. I've got a neighbor that's got two very, very mature mulberries Mm -hmm. that look more like tumbleweeds than mulberry. Okay. Uh, Need to trim them. Uh, I remember uh, a lot of people just trimming them back to the to a main branch and leaving them. Well, Craig, back in the '60s uh, and the well, '50s, '60s, and '70s, uh, pollarding was very popular here with mulberries, where they were planted in smaller lots, and that was usually the trees the builder gave somebody. And so then they were cut back, you know, to a little trunk and a little knots and pollarded or cut way back tight every year. And that was just a pattern they were trimmed. Now, I really haven't seen much of that happen for a long time, but it was a way to keep mulberries, which got too big, in check in, in residential lawns. And everybody thought that's the way they had to be pruned, and so that's what they did, and it was just common all over the valley. Um, you don't really have to prune a mulberry back, you know, for any special reason. And when you're going to prune a tree, you want to think of why you're pruning it and what you're trying to accomplish. You know, if you just want the tree to be reduced in size and be smaller, I wouldn't pollard it necessarily the way they used to be trimmed, but you could reduce the size of a mulberry by a half or a third and go in and do some selective pruning and, um, you know, have a real nice tight canopy. And you could kind of do that every year. If you go to Disneyland to look at the trees, they're probably some of the best arborists in the world. And it's amazing to see trees that, you know, I saw there 30 years ago still look the same. And that takes a lot of maintenance to do, be able to accomplish that. Yeah. Well, these are these are quite large. They're like 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Sounds it's like they're pretty thing. healthy. They must have flood irrigation then too, huh? Yes. Yeah, okay. they're flood irrigation. So there's no reason you have to uh, prune them at all. And the one thing you do want to be careful with when pruning mulberries is not to prune one that's sick or has sooty canker or have someone use a tool that had sooty canker or trim another because you can spread sooty canker from tree to tree quite easily. And that'll kill them. And it's okay. kind of sad to lose big old trees. But, what what's good to you know, just bleach? Yeah, just take your for, tools and clean them, and bleach works very well, Craig. Okay, uh, the other one is I have a uh, about a thirty year old pecan tree, mm-hmm. 
that has never been trimmed other than removing dead limbs. Okay. Uh, so it's like 20 feet tall and 20 feet in diameter. That was the best way to, it, it's just getting overwhelming. Okay. Well, you can prune it back uh-huh. and thin it. And you know, what I would do is if, if you're going to hire somebody to do that kind of pruning for you, I would uh, basically interview them, find some customers where they're maintaining trees and, and go look at the trees and interview their customer and to make sure they're going to do a proper job. There's a lot of good tree trimmers and arborists and people around town with a lot of knowledge, but there's also people that don't have the same knowledge. So I would work on a referral basis on that, Craig. And uh, I'm, I'm, well, gonna, I'm, I'm pretty much doing this myself. So okay. Well, you're going to have to get up in those trees and, you know, basically what I would do is go look at one. You like the way it's pruned and prune away. Okay. And make sure, like well, I said, I haven't found one of those yet. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, come up into where there's older trees, go into central Mesa or North central Phoenix. Um, and you'll find a lot of trees that are quite old and have been pruned very well. Um, you know, I live in the North central part of town and there's a lot there. And I know in the older parts of Mesa, there's a lot of beautiful, well pruned trees too. And in Gilbert and the older part of town. So you can find trees that are well pruned. Um, but you, you know, even over in Tolleson, you'll find some older trees on irrigation that are well pruned, but you know, you really want to go do that and you can copy that pruning pattern yourself and that way you'll get what you enjoy. But it's, you know, it's quite a bit of work and, uh, and it's dangerous, Craig, being up in those big trees. And, I, I have a, I have a boom truck. Okay. Well, that makes it a lot better. Hey, Craig, I'm going to let you go because we're out of time. Appreciate the call. Uh, Robert and uh, Tina and James, I'll take you all off the air because we're around time today. Hope you enjoyed the program. Let's go be nice and love each other. And there's a lot of work we can do around this world working as a team. And there's no reason to be killing each other. And it just, there's never an excuse for murder. And, uh, you know, I happen to be a Christian. We come in lots of different faiths. But, uh, you know, Jesus never killed anybody. I'll be back with you next week with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.